You are listening live to Time is a Squared Circle with Chris and Billy, an audio podcast featuring two guys who talk about the wrestling shows that they've been to and stuff that they like and who will ultimately be complaining about WWE or WWF quite a lot during the next 30 minutes to an hour. Hi, everybody. My name is Chris. And I'm Billy. And uh, this is going to be a fun adventure. Uh, We have not done uh, a podcast together in quite a long time. Billy, you've got uh, your very successful podcast, uh, My Road to Revolution, My Journey with Lisa, or Road to Revolution. You know, you should promote it. Uh, I do another podcast that's fairly similar to what this is, where I'm just re- recapping the shows uh, I've been to. That one specifically started out as a Lincoln Park show called uh, Road to Revolution, My Journey with Lincoln Park. Um, that's close. Been, yeah, yeah, you got all the words. They just weren't in the right order. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't, you know, I've been to 34 of their shows over time, plus side projects and all these things. So I figured out a lot of content to talk about there. So I did a bunch of those. I just put out uh, the one for the last Lincoln Park show, show number 34, which is their Hollywood Bowl show in 2017. Uh, so I just did that. And Chris and I have been talking about doing something about wrestling for a long, long time. Like, you know, I, I got Chris into wrestling back in 2014, and I've been a lifelong wrestling fan. So it's something we both, uh, you know, love a lot. And we've bonded over it over the past six, seven years. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a natural thing for us to want to talk about. And the idea came from, we realized we'd been to a lot of wrestling shows together. Dude, we've been to so many wrestling shows and it's almost bothersome. Like in, in, in such a short amount of time, like how many wrestling shows we've been to together. What, what's even more mind blowing to me is, you know, I got you into wrestling in 2014 and the first wrestling show I took you to. And your first wrestling show ever was uh, WWE Battleground 2014 in Tampa. A total of grand total of two okay matches. Yeah, that was not a great show, but it was a fun experience. We had a really good time. Um, but that was Chris's first show. That was the uh, my 28th wrestling show ever, which right. is a gr- is a really good amount of wrestling shows to go to. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, and my first wrestling show was in 1996. I've been watching wrestling since even before that. I would watch WWF Superstars every Saturday on Fox. I would rent WrestleManias, going back to WrestleMania 1 on VHS from the video store across the street from my house. So, you know, I've been watching wrestling for as long as I can remember. But so I figure, you know, not, I'm, I was born in 86. So you go from 86 to 2014, you're at, you know, 28 years. And that's when you're like, an average what, one a show a year or? Yeah, one, an longer. average of one show a year. But granted, yeah. I didn't start going to shows till I was 10. So, you know, to, um, two shows a year or wh- whatever that math checks out to be. I'm not going to try to be a mathematician here. 18 over 20 um, years. Yeah. Well, you were 18. Yeah. So r- yeah 18 years, uh, 28 roughly, shows. Yeah. Yeah. So, but since that point, Chris and I, and there's been a handful we've gone to separately from each other. It was a sad time. Can we call those the dark ages? Yeah, that's fine. It happens for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, but that, that, you know, that show was my 28th, Chris's first. Since then, we have been to a combined total <laughs> of 52 shows. That's sexy. That's just so good g- stuff right there. Grand total overall between the years of me going before I knew Chris and the years of us going together, we're at 80 shows total. And there's some ridiculous numbers in there too, because that's 80 shows total over the span of my life and the last six years of Chris watching wrestling. But that's 12 different promotions too. It's not just WWE or NXT. That's a ton of them. 
AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, some random indies like Jersey All Pro Wrestling that I went to once, you know, 20 years ago, um, PWG, uh, Progress, Rev Pro, WrestleCon, uh, NXT, TNA. I think that's oh, ECW. Uh, just tons of shows. I think at this point, the only major um, wrestling promotions I'd never got a chance to see, I, WCW, which I obviously can never see now, and uh, I never went to an NWA show. So, oh, okay. I mean, I, I mean, Billy Corgan still he he's still trying to run it. It just doesn't have any shows at the moment. And and from what I remember, NWA they either don't tour a ton or they do very limited shows like they do shows in like the nashville area or that makes or, sense or, or they do a lot of Isn't shows where in Corgan the, lives i don't know where he's at actually I'm, it wouldn't surprise me in the least yeah uh, actually i think corgan's a chicago boy oh. i think I, I could be wrong about that um billy corgan's my lifelong nemesis because he got the at billy twitter account <laughs> Um, and I, I hate him for it, uh, which is a shame because I because I love the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> did you did wait? How when did you join Twitter versus when it like started? I joined in two thousand and eight, I think. So and at that point, I didn't e- I didn't even think of getting at Billy. Um, I, my username has always been the same across Instagram and Twitter and things like that. So I, I got that because that was my username across most things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until maybe the last five, six years that I was like, I, I know someone has it, but I, you know, let me just see. Cause, um, you know, one of my best friends back home in New York, Stolis, obviously very unique name. He got right. at, at Stolis. Like that's his, his Instagram name. That's so, a good name. That's yeah. such a, and it's such so a... easy. It's like, Oh, Hey, are you on Instagram? Yeah. It's a, uh, at my name you're like oh yeah. wow that's, that's easy um so i'm just like i was so jealous and i went and looked and of course i type at billy and billy corgan comes up i was like you got to be kidding me but I, I, yeah. I wonder if he bought it i don't know maybe but because he he only has it i think on twitter instagram is a different company called billy was uh, it I, the, I, 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 I forget the, what they're for i was gonna say is that the the women's shaving company i think that's b-i-l-l-i-e yeah, I know. At Billy is, uh, I'm looking it up right now. Okay, it's uh, a good way they, to start off a wrestling podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're not even. Oh, they have 203,000 followers. So they're they're. I think they're a clothing company. It looks oh, like. Okay. Um, which I, I I get. You know, you're a company. Good for you. But man, I would have loved to have at Billy. It'd be so easy. It's like, hey, no, follow uh, me at at Billy. Like imagine yeah. if we're like, welcome to time is a squared circle. If you want to follow us on Instagram, I am at Billy. He is at Chris. I mean, that would be cool. Like, it'd be, be super. Awesome. That would honestly be super cool. <laughs> I could see a future where you could create aliases and you could just be like at Chris. And then there's something, you know, some kind of contextual knowledge on the phone where it's like, you know, oh, you mean this Chris, because this is what we heard when we were, I guess there's some privacy concerns there. Yeah. But still, yeah. it's it's a nice thought. Yeah. But all that to say, uh, NWA still runs shows. Yeah. Uh, just I don't, they don't really tour. And obviously, nobody's really touring for shows right now. They're just doing their shows uh, anywhere they can. Like, you know, AEW's doing their shows at Daly's Place in Jacksonville. WWE yeah. are running their shows at the Performance Center. NXT is at Full Sail. Um, is Impact NXT Full is... Sail? I thought they were at. No, they're, they're back at Full Sail now. Oh, they are back at Full Sail. Okay. Well, yeah. good for them. Yeah. And then Impact is running their show somewhere. I don't know where. I think it's in Georgia somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise sure. me if it's in Georgia. Um, 
I was thinking another one that you haven't been to that would be rather easy. Probably MLW once they run shows again. That's true. They, you know, MLW's run a ton of shows here in Orlando. Um, I know they've toured a lot since, but when they first started blowing up again, to the extent that they have blown up, they've been on uh, uh, Be In Sports is where they've been airing. Um, oh, they, yep, also yep. Run on, they also run on YouTube, but they were doing a bunch of shows in downtown Orlando at a nightclub. You know, one of those classy shows where you pay 15, 20 bucks to go to a wrestling show and then they say on the ticket, um, you know, nightclub after show no hats no sleeveless shirts uh you know no g je- no jeans or something like that and i was like ah always the, most, always the most classy of an event when uh you know you specify no hats and no sleeveless shirts afterwards it'd be better if it was like a strip club afterwards hey come see the wrestling and afterwards coming to the stage it's viper i mean it's kind of the same thing you know you go to the first one and it's you know it's just it's mostly guys oiled up in in skimpy outfits and then you know it flips and it's the other way around yeah you, you know what that's a that is a that's a win right there i think that's a that, win for everyone that's a market i'm surprised nobody's capitalized <laughs> on. yeah like as i think about this i'm like wait a minute this makes a whole lot more sense now and the the fact that the wrestling industry is such a carny industry i'm, I'm genuinely surprised industry. it's never happened like it, you know it probably has it just probably didn't get a whole lot of like traction or anything Probably it, it got to the point where even the carniest of carny was like, mm, nah, I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. yeah. The carnies are like, ah, we're too good for strip clubs. <laughs> so good, good God, what, what we're going to do on this show is because as I mentioned, we've done 80 shows. Oh, um, boy. We've been to 80 shows uh, combined. Not all of those were together. Some were just me. Some were just Chris and some were before I knew Chris. Um, and there's some interesting numbers there. I mentioned 12 unique promotions across 80 shows. And that was in 22 different cities in 36 different venues. Yeah. And so our plan is to really try to tell you not just the story of the wrestling show and not what we loved about it and what we hated about it, but really also like here was the journey that we went on to get there. Here's all the stuff we did around it, which for some shows is going to be absolutely bonkers. Oh yeah. They're like, when we talk about any of the new Japan and long beach shows, those are going to be like, you know, adventures. Cause we're not only talking about that. We're talking about, you know, Billy and Chris's excellent adventure in California parts one and two. Yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we, we do become our own little travel blog at that point, <laughs> which is funny. That's how my Lincoln park one went because when I started, I was young and I was only going to the shows in New York. Cause I was, you know, a teenager. I was like 13 and 14 when I started going to their shows. So I can only go to where my parents would drive me to, or where I could take the train to in New York city. So, and that's how wrestling was too. I can only go to the local shows. And then once mm-hmm. I was old enough to start driving to different places, then you start to notice that shift of, Oh, Hey, then he went to a show in, in Connecticut. Oh, then he went to a show in, in Florida. And obviously now I live in Florida. So uh, I go yeah. to a ton of them down here. I think a majority of my shows have been in Florida now. Maybe New York might edge it out just because I went to a ton when I was younger. But Full Sail alone, I think, and NXT put Florida well above that. And and WrestleMania 33 week because I went to. It helps re- that we kind of it helps that we kind of like <laughs> lucked into that stuff too. Like, I mean, yeah. Ta- Tampa was kind of like a home for Hulk Hogan in the 80s. So, you, well, I mean, it, I think it still is, right? Yeah, yeah, he's still he's still out there. Yeah. So it makes, I mean, that makes sense. Like it's, it's just wild that we kind of lucked into, Oh no, this is where all the, this is where all the wrestlers live, which honestly, like if you kind of zoom out a little bit, it's Florida. Of course, that's where all the wrestlers live, you know, for, for a carny sport and a carny, uh, a carny kind of, uh, 
not franchise sport sport is a yeah party thing yeah so so we have profile db pulled up and neither you nor i know which show we're about to review it's it's great for doing a podcast because we don't have to do any prep at all and the, we were talking about this just before we recorded we were originally going to do the first show um on the list, which was my first wrestling show back in 1996, which we we realized (laughs) there's a good chance it could be, but we were, we got a little worried that if we go in order, we are talking about only my shows for the first, uh, a lot for the first first 27 shows are just me. Chris does not enter the picture until show number 28. So we thought that might be a little unbalanced. Um, and plus, you know, if we mix it up a little bit, it, you know, it'll, you know, I don't know, just, I think it'll make them for a more entertaining journey. I think so too. Like you can jump back and forth in time and it allows you to like view these things kind of like in a vacuum a little bit as well. You know, if yeah. you jump from show to show, especially from times when we were going like more often, uh, or more with, with, you know, with much more frequency, you know, you kind of view it and go, well, you know, this show was really great, but what was really great was last week's show or what's really great is the next week's show doing it like this, where you just kind of like jump into it from 50,000 feet and you didn't know you were talking about it, you know, 15 minutes ago is what makes it really cool. Cause then it kind of gives you a slightly different perspective. You can focus on that show specifically. And, and to that point too, there, there may be some, we have to talk about together. Oh yeah. Like, like mania week. I think we should talk about those together or at least, you know, or at least some of them, the, you know, the mania week indie shows versus the mania week WWE shows, maybe do those separately. But like, I, I think there's some that you have to talk about together. Yeah. Which were, I mean, which we may be thrown into those situations, you know, with the roll of the dice. So you've got a, you've got a random number generator. I do. We are uh, going one through 80 and uh, it's right. going to, it's going to give us a number. Uh, and then we're going to look it up. And then All we'll right. have it. So we have our number. Okay. And our number is 32. Bum, oh my. Bum. So this was one that only I attended. Son but I but I do believe, Chris, you uh you were watching wrestling at this point. Is this and extreme rules? This is not extreme rules. Oh. This is NXT Takeover R Evolution. Hell from- yeah. December 11th, 2014 at Full Sail Live in Winter Park, Florida. Um, this is, I, I, I love this episode, uh, this, this show to be our first episode. It's such a great takeover. It's also, I think, only the third takeover. <laughs> uh, yes, because there was Arrival. And then, well, Arrival doesn't officially count as a takeover. It was the first NXT live special on the right. network, but the first takeover was just called NXT Takeover in May of 2014. And then yep. they did Fatal Four Way, Fatal Four Way in September of 2014. And the next one was December, and that was this one. Oh yeah! Now hold on, I'm getting excited. I'm getting tingly. I'm looking at the card now. Yeah. And this. Okay, so set us up. It's December of 2014, and. Did you know at this point about Kevin Owens? I did. I I, I did know who he was. Um, I wasn't I wasn't as big a fan as of him as I am now, but I was aware of him. It had been talked about that he was wait till the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had it had been talked about that he was coming to um, NXT. Like we we knew it was a thing that was going to be happening, but we didn't know when. Um, no, actually, no, we did. We did. Um, they announced he was going to have a match on this show. 
yes. and he was and he was i believe the first match on the show yes he was he was the first match on the show he was the second match on in the building because the show yeah. opens with bull dempsey versus steve cutler bull dempsey who i don't even know if he is still in the business but he at the beginning of nxt he has a push he does have a push as one of the bigger guys and then steve cutler who i believe is a current member of the forgotten sons he is on um, smackdown well until they can figure out what they're doing with them well yeah um but yes, Cutler is still with the company. Bull Dempsey is not, but he is he is still wrestling, I believe, on the indies somewhere. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was the dark match on this show. Um, I, I will be very honest with you. I remember nothing from that match. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. There's a good chance I actually may not have been in the building for that match. I had raced to the venue uh, from work uh, okay. that day. So I... I, 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 don't, I don't remember if I actually saw that match. I definitely was there for the full live uh, pay-per-view or the live network portion of the show, but I don't think I saw that match. So um, let's talk real quick about the the, the, the building itself. Like yes. it's a, it's a super tiny venue and the, and the, the TV makes it look nice and intimate, but it also makes it look a little bit bigger than it is. Where were you sitting for this relative to like the, the hard camp? I was, if you're the, uh, I'm trying to remember the NXT hard cam. So the NXT hard cam faces the ring with the entryway on the right side of your screen. Yep. So the polar opposite of what WWE audiences were accustomed to. Normal WWE hard cam is on the left. If you're looking at the entryway, it is on the left side. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Never thought so about that. NXT flipped it. Um, so we were looking dead on at the ramp we were directly across from the ramp maybe two or three rows up oh that's wonderful so great view i mean there's not a bad seat in full sale honestly the only bad seat you could have in full sale is if you're on the floor in the third row because you when people stand you're you're stuck behind standing people and you can't see but yeah other, otherwise there's not a bad seat in full sale like i've sat in the risers in the front row i've sat you know in the front row of the risers um there's really no bad seat except for like that third row of the floor. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and so this was like the beginning of NXT. Would you say this is the beginning of NXT, like becoming the NXT that we kind of know and love, or would that have started earlier? That would have started earlier at fatal four way. I actually, I think you can source that back to take over the first one back okay. in May. Um, cause that one, um, and since neither of us went to that show, we can kind of touch on that one real quick. That mm -hmm. one had, uh, Sami Zayn versus Tyler Breeze for uh, number one contender for the NXT championship. Oh, such a good match that had Charlotte versus Natalia to crown the first of oh, the, the, uh, the vacant, um, NXT women's championship, uh, Paige yes. had vacated it because she was now the divas champion on, on the main roster. That match featured uh, Flair and uh, Hart. Yeah. yeah, Bret Hart. Yeah. Um, and then you also had uh, your main event on that show. This is just to show you how far, um, how far NXT's come. Your main event for the title was the uh, formerly known Adrian Neville, who was your current champion, defending against Tyson Kidd. Oh yeah, which and was a very good match. They they had great chemistry together. They did. I remember Tyson Kidd being like the he was like the of that top four, which Fatal Four Way was that was basically that four: Sammy, Tyler, yeah, 
uh, Neville and uh, Kid. And I remember Kid being like the third guy in line. He was definitely the oldest of that group of that force. Yeah. Yeah. And he was definitely the veteran. He was trying to reclaim himself. I don't think he he really hit his stride in WWE until he teamed with Cesaro. And I think he was gold after that. In NXT, he always felt just a little bit off. Well, I think the NXT run for him was important because the they used that space to kind of rehab uh, people that weren't being properly utilized on the main roster. Like he was on the main roster for a little bit and they brought him into NXT to give him something to do. Um, and it worked like they put him in the, in the title picture with Neville for a bit and then the fatal four way matches and stuff like that. And he was great there. Like he was, he was, he was almost like the, the veteran brought down to help the, the newer guys get over. Mm-hmm. And we should also note too, that this was, this is when NXT was developmental. Oh yeah. Like, it, it, you know, they weren't they weren't doing arenas at this point. They only ran it full sail. Uh, a lot of these guys were super green. Um, and it's funny to like, and we're going to go through the card on, uh, on the show we're talking about today, our evolution. You look at this card and you're like, I paid $10 to see this show in a venue with 400 people. Yeah. Could you imagine if you say, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to go see a show with, uh, Kevin, Kevin Steen, uh, or kevin owens uh finn balor kenta uh sasha banks pack and Sami Zayn. you, you guys and, cool and with charlotte that? And, oh, charlotte and charlotte for, yeah for, 10 bucks. for god's sakes we, um sean spears on this card you also have yeah. uh you also have juice robinson on this yeah, card like for for 10 but i think i think for the $10. most expensive ticket if you were in the front in the seated area like the reserve oh. seats on the floor oh, it's 15 it 15 or 20 yeah, bucks oh man <laughs> So I paid ten dollars for this show, which you, is absolutely you crazy. Out, you cheaped out on sh- on uh, on Adri- Adrian Neville versus Sami Zayn. Uh, 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 I guess I have regrets. Yeah, but headed into this show, like you had known about Kevin Owens because of Kevin Steen. I had literally no idea who the guy was. I just remember you being super stoked. And then the other story, the other big story heading into this was Sami Zayn. Yes, this this uh, pay per view was the was kind of built up to be the hopeful culmination of this incredibly long build for perpetual babyface Sami Zayn uh, chasing the NXT Championship. You know, uh, we mentioned he won the the uh, did I actually don't remember if he won the the number one contenders match at the first takeover. Um, I want to say was, he was did, that a, but I don't think he. I'm not was sure. Was that a double? Was that a either he won it and then lost the re, the the match with Neville, or he or it was a double pin which led to the fatal four? There was something. I think something happened. I want to say he won that first match at that takeover. He beat Breeze, and then something happened with his shot against Neville that led to the fatal four way. Okay, that makes sense. That sounds right to me. Um, and that, you know, obviously, you know, perpetual baby face, he didn't want to cheat. He didn't want to do anything um, that would make him look like he didn't earn it the right way. So, you know, people were, were screwing him out of shots and, and costing him matches. And, you know, it was this build was just so good because he was so likable and and he was so baby faced too. So like you oh, had, yeah. he was always under 
he was always under pressure to turn and to oh, yeah. be a bad guy a little bit to be it to, to kind of have a little bit of a heel tendency not even to like turn all the way not even to like pretend for half a second to be a heel just like you know do literally anything with a little bit of edge he was always on that kind of pressure um and he never he never committed to that which kind of led to kind of the culpable moments in this mask but let's go ahead and get started in the card billy and focus on kevin steen slash owens what did you know about him coming in so i knew he was super well loved on the indies uh great runs in pwg and ring of honor um i'd seen maybe a handful of his matches and i enjoyed them yeah i looked him up on youtube because a few months earlier um you know the internet was making a very big deal about the signing of uh kenta who ended up being hideo itami um Prince Devitt, who ended up coming in as Finn Balor. And the third person in that group was Kevin Steen, who ended up becoming Kevin Owens. And obviously at that point, uh, Finn and Hideo had debuted, I want to say, either at Fatal 4-Way or at the tapings directly after Fatal 4-Way. Mm-hmm. Um, so and they were Ken- there and, we're, we're, and we were just waiting for for Owens to show up. Yeah, that's right. And Kenta was Kenta. I believe Kenta was at Fatal 4-Way in a segment where he came out as Kenta and then revealed his name would be Hideo Itami. Yes, that was that was either at that was either at the Fatal 4-Way takeover or it was at the tapings directly after it was one of those two. Yeah, I remember um, watching that because they came out and he was actually they gave him his what would eventually become Hideo Itami Tron. Mm-hmm. But it actually came, it actually said Kenta. It said, yeah, it said Kenta. And then it, yeah. it changed. Yeah, that that was interesting. I was going to ask about that because I see Balor and Atami are both on this card, but their debuts were before then. And I believe this, this does, this is Balor. This is not the demon. Um, no, I actually believe this was the debut of the demon. Oh, really? Okay. I believe it was, um, I'm trying to, I want to say it was I'm trying to look it up right now. <laughs> um, so I knew I, nothing while you look that up. I'll, I'll just say this real quick. I knew nothing about Kevin Owens heading in. I knew Jack Patootie about Kevin Owens, except for, <laughs> for two things. I knew that um, he played around with the, the stringy guys, the guys that were tassels uh, in PWG. And mm-hmm. I, and I knew that he was allegedly Sami Zayn's best friend. And I knew about ladder war four. Yes. So, so like that, that's that the, the three things the I, I had seen. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the three things I knew. He played around with the young bucks. He was probably, he was like, if we talk about the elite and how amazing the elite was, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, Billy, but I don't think there's anyone that comes before Kevin, Kevin Steen in terms of those six man tag teams with the Bucks. It's it's Steen in the Bucks, Cole in the Bucks, and then Omega in the Bucks. I think. Um yeah. I, I mean, especially because in, in PWG you had uh you had Steen, Cole, and the Bucks as Mount Rushmore. Um That's what they were so, before Bullet Club? Yeah, yeah. When they were in PWG, they were a, a four man stable known as uh Mount Rushmore, I believe. That's awesome. I had yeah. no idea. 
Yeah, that was around like 2012, 2013, I think. So it was towards the end of Steen being on the indies, but I'm pretty sure uh, they were all together. Right. Um, and there were different iterations of that. I think Roderick Strong was in there. Uh, Super Dragon was in there. Um, there's different iterations of Mount Rushmore. But yeah, Steen, uh, Cole, and the Bucks were Mount Rushmore at one point. Oh, interesting. That's really cool. I, I yeah. never, I guess I never pieced it together because as soon as you think of the bucks, you immediately associate them with, well, when you say the early bucks, you immediately associate them with bullet club. And that's, you know, they're, they're always in black with the purple and yellow tassels. Yeah. And a lot of that color came from when they were, uh, obviously just their standalone colors are very bright and, and loud. Loud. loud and then yeah. and then mount rushmore was like that too they, they a lot of tie-dye uh in okay. their in their their outfits there um so yeah i mean they i'm I'm pretty sure they they six man teamed with with aj a little bit before aj left njpw i think too oh that makes sense so but i mean man if, if you're the bucks and your your six man kind of legacy is steen cole styles and omega oh my god that's, that's just that's heavenly. I wonder if they were oh. never six man. Well, and then uh, not only that, and then you look at you know the you know the other iterations of their six man team, the super villains, the hung bucks. Oh yeah, like, they've they've had great great. Um, I forgot about as the a, as a six the man team. Bucks. God, the hung bucks is such a great name. <laughs> it is a fantastic name. I love that way more than I should, and I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a, I am a perennial child is really all it comes down to. <laughs> So why don't we get into it? Let's let's talk about the we, show. So we definitely should because uh, we are thirty minutes in. <laughs> well, you know what? It's been a while since I talked to you, and you know it should come as no surprise that we're good friends. We're super awkward on on microphone, but you know when we That's don't true. have to, when we don't have to present to people, we actually have good candor. Um, that but, is very true. And yeah. plus, you know, we, we we don't get to see each other or talk to each other as much because of the pandemic. So verbally, yeah, we we text almost every waking moment of every day yeah, yeah um but yeah we don't we don't i haven't <laughs> to the point I've that our significant cr- others don't like us <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah, not fun but i've seen chris in person maybe twice in the last six months yeah that sucks so it really sucks yeah but, um you know but it is what it is but that's why we're doing something like this to to keep us uh you know, talking, uh, actual hearing each other's voices. Chris hears my voice because he's one of my beloved, um, Lincoln park podcast listeners. Dope. beloved. <laughs> Dope. beloved. Shout out, shout out to our first podcast. And these are mine. Uh, anyway, so take over our evolution as we enter into minute 33 of this, of this wonderful, <laughs> wonderful first episode. Um, shit, we're shaking the rust off. That's all we're doing. Um, yeah. next uh, week will be better. Uh, yeah of course <laughs> bull dempsey defeats steve cutler in a dark match nobody cares so the first real match of the show is kevin owens uh defeats uh cj parker now known as juice robinson in three minutes and 14 seconds Meltzer gives this a two and a quarter i disagree with Meltzer on this one because this was like the best three minute match i had ever seen well, yeah this this had to establish owens as a force and it clearly did like, and obviously it sucked for him, but you know, um, Parker breaking his nose with that palm strike was one of the best things that could have happened. Cause it made Owens look even more badass. hundred percent. And if I remember correctly, juice gets backstage and he's like apologizing profusely. And Owens is like, this could not have gone better. 
Oh yeah. And, and I think they had known each other prior to like that. They oh, yeah. didn't just meet. So they, they were friends prior to this. And, and so you know, there, there was no bad blood or ill will because of it. And, and Owens ended up being quite happy with the result. Yeah. And, and so the CJ Parker gimmick was the, basically the, the, the hippie save the planet gimmick. It was not yeah. good. He was used almost exclusively as enhancement talent. And so yep. to see him get in some offense and, you know, even though it was an accident, some really, you know, uh, powerful offense in the form of what is it like a minute into the match? It's a palm strike to Owens's nose yep. and Owens is bleeding out of his nose so hard because his nose is just straight up broken. Yeah. And, yeah, and it was. And, and yeah. it, it's interesting to know, like, it, obviously, if you followed wrestling or, you know, um, Kevin Owens kind of story through WWE and NXT, he has spent a lot of that time there as a heel. Yeah, he he came into NXT as a baby face, a super baby. So, face. I mean, and, and that's the hard thing with NXT. The NXT crowd, especially in that building, are the, they love everybody. They love everybody because they they their fingers on the pulse of wrestling. They they know who all the indie darlings are. So when people like Kevin Owens and Finn Balor and Hideo Itami show up, they're like oh my God, these guys are here. Like this is big. So like they love it. So even when a bad guy shows up, like when Samoa Joe showed up at, at a takeover a couple of years, uh, about a year or so, no, a couple of months later, God, I can't even keep track of things anymore. Um, you know, the place came unglued because even though he was there to be a heel, he, you know, Samoa Joe was in NXT and people were like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm so, trying to even, I'm trying to even remember the people that came into NXT as indie darlings and that were heels. You had Owens and you had Joe and who else? <laughs> like, I, I mean, um, like even the, even the undisputed era comes in and are, they, they, they had a, a bit of a slower turn before they went, before they went full bore heel. Like Adam, well, Pulse, he, they got, he got to come in and play tweener with his Adam Cole, baby. But the fish and O'Reilly came in when they made that save for him. Oh, that's true. That's and true. So that instantly kind of established them as heels. Yeah, no, you're right. Right. But even uh, those, but a lot of those early guys that came in. Yeah. Majority your face. Oh yeah. And yeah. And, and it's just a product of the environment at that point. It, you know, you can have somebody come in and you know, they're talking trash and they're, they're saying the crowd sucks and they're stupid and, and they're clearly beating up the good guy. But if they're like, that's one of the best indie wrestlers in the world. It doesn't matter. They're going to cheer him like crazy. And they do like it's happened so much in NXT. It's one of those things that like you, you look at today's wrestling with like AEW and you know, how does Chris Jericho instill himself as a heel and his, his thought on the matter is to kind of take himself into that goofy eighties villain kind of thing where he's, you know, like always tripping over himself. And he, he's like a, like a, like a cartoon, like a Saturday morning villain, you know, like a Megatron or a Cobra commander where he's, he's not getting it right. And you don't, he, he stops being cool, but he's still Chris yeah. Jericho. So you're yeah. like, I, I love him. He's the, he's one of the best <laughs> of all time. He's Chris Jericho, but he's like this bumbling idiot right now. So he's, it's okay to not cheer for him. It's okay for him to be the heel kind of thing. And I feel like you're, you're absolutely right. When you have someone come in, even when they're trying to be a heel and they use all the classic heel gimmicks, it ain't going to work in that NXT building because yeah. they're so just beloved. Yeah. And, and I, I think one thing they've done really well with over time is obviously NXT's, 
formed even more and more into its own full-fledged brand with WWE and less developmental mm-hmm. that they people can come in and it's a bit more nuanced and they're not just instantly cheered because they're the they're well known it's you know they can come in and do some stuff that's a little unsavory and people are like oh that's that's bad you know this yeah. guy's a heel like and they, I they, think that this show better like, at that yeah this show kind of does that right like this show sets that tone um well yeah because it 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 flips you around a little bit Mm -hmm. oh for sure for sure one thing that i'll always take away from this particular match is that because kevin's nose gets broken he has to flare his nostrils just to breathe because he can't breathe right because his nose is broken and that is like a defining like uh kevinism or that's like a defining trope of like what he does even to this day in his matches if he's breathing hard he he kind of sinks into his neck he flares his nostrils and he he just kind of focuses on breathing as hard as he can um and i wouldn't be surprised if he has some lasting damage to his sinuses or if he's had to really get that worked on but that's what i'll kind of always take away from it is that imagery of his nose is bleeding from both sides um you know it's broken it's it's clearly a little bit disfigured it's not john cena seth rollins disfigured but it is disfigured and uh and he's bleeding and he's having to just concentrate so hard on breathing because he can't breathe um which in turn makes him look furious and then when he destroys juice robinson with that pop-up uh powerbomb whoo boy yeah it's it's you know, when you first see that pop-up powerbomb, it was a thing of beauty. But the thing that got me in that match even more was seeing a man of his size do that uh, cannonball into the corner. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Um, and I was like, oh, this is cool. You're seeing a guy that's a bit bigger than uh, some of the other wrestlers. And he's doing like moonsaults and, and cannonballs into the corner. And you know, he's got an awesome power bomb finish. Like this is awesome. And he's a good guy. Like, this is really cool. Yeah. Obviously that's uh it's a bit short lived. <laughs> I was going to say, that's all going to change very, yeah, very within, shortly within the next uh, two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, not, not literally, uh, not literally the next two and a half hours. Um, but in the next no, two no, and a half no. hours of the show. Um, yeah, so of, of takeover, not this show. That was the other cool thing about takeover. It was always the perfect length. It was yep. always the perfect length. Even today, it's still a great length for a card. Yeah, they usually try to keep them. I know the 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 norm was usually about five hours. Um, oh God, no, uh, five matches. <laughs> takeover. Really uh, slipping well, into his WrestleMania reviews. <laughs> Welcome to Takeover WrestleMania. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, no, they usually try to keep them about five matches televised, maybe one dark. Uh, this one was six matches televised and one dark. So, you know, still fine. You know, that was, mm-hmm. and some of these were short. Like match number one was three minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, the next match was six minutes and 43 seconds. There's a match that's 41 seconds. So in essence, you can say, yeah, this show was a five match show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Speaking um, of that second match on the card, Kalisto and Sin Cara defeat Aiden English and Simon Gotch. Two things here of note. One, is this the is this where they announce themselves as the Lucha Dragons? I believe so. At, like after they win with the, the post-match promo? Um, I don't know if it was at this show or if they had done it before. It may have been when they won the titles uh, from the Ascension earlier. Oh, this was their second win. They, well, they yeah, they um, Vaude villains. They were defending. I'm um, sorry, uh, the Lucha Dragons were defending against the Vaude villains in this match. Oh, uh, okay. And the Vaude villains yeah. at this point are still 
they're still heels. They haven't they're heels. Yeah, they haven't turned yep. yet. Match gets two and a quarter from from Melter. I remember literally nothing. I just remember how much I loved the VOD villains. Yeah, it was it was a really cool gimmick. Um, they were really good heels. Like I thought they were fun as faces, but having these guys and, and plus the name just lended itself to being heels. Like you were the so VOD villains. Like it was so great. good. And like they can play up being these hammy, holier than thou actors. Like I thought it was such a great gimmick. And um, Aiden English, I thought was really good as a face too. He was also a great commentator for Two Hundred Five Live. Yeah, um, I actually thought he was really good. Um, I hope he gets to uh, flourish a little bit if he goes on the indies. You know, he he married into the Guerrero family, so hopefully uh, he can get some of that by uh, by marriage and and succeed a little bit. Because I feel like he didn't he married get married Vicky run. Guerrero. No, he married Eddie's daughter. Oh, nice. Okay. Who was, I believe they met in NXT. She was signed there for a while too. She got released. He obviously ended up staying on for a good couple of years. He only just got released earlier this year. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, that's right. No, he was part of the big, uh, he was part of the big release. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That makes it sound so dirty. (laughs) (laughs) You're horrible. So one thing that always got me when I was uh, new into wrestling and obviously here I would have been, I mean, God, I would have been watching wrestling for maybe seven months at the time. Six months. months, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But the one thing that always got me was Cesaro has the neutralizer on the main roster. Um, And Michael Cole and his infinite idiocy um, <laughs> would always my, say that, that's my favorite uh, Smashing Pumpkins album. <laughs> Michael Cole and the infinite idiocy. Yeah, it's it's actually the official soundtrack of the NWA. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the one thing that always got me uh, got me pissed off is that or confused, not necessarily pissed, but it always got me really really confused is that Cole would say that uh, uh, the neutralizer was set up as though it were a gotch style pile driver. And so I was like, gotch, I don't, I don't gotch. Okay. Gotch is some old guy. All right. That's cool. It's clearly something from a very long time ago. I don't need to worry about it. Um, it's named after somebody. And then lo and behold, Hey, Chris, you should check out this team. It's called the VOD villains dude on named Simon gotch. I was like, is it his pile driver? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely definitely not after Simon Gotch. <laughs> yeah, is that his gimmick name, or does he does he go back to the was it Frank Gotch? Um, God, the the the, the original now I have to look the, it up. The, the the person who who the Gotch uh, ner- neutralizer and the Gotch style pod driver were named after was Carl Gotch. Carl Gotch, there it is. Yeah, um, I do believe that Simon Gotch was a, a complete shoot name. Um, oh, okay, I think his name's like Seth something. I, and on the indies, he goes as Simon Grimm, but I think his name's like Seth. I forget what his last name is. Okay, so he's fake. Um, he's a faking faker who fakes, <laughs> as as many are in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> but great gimmick. No, nothing. I remember literally nothing about the match. Maybe we should plan before this. Maybe we should. Maybe <laughs> should. Maybe we should do like a day or two before. Just like, hey, uh, we're watching this show this week, and then we can watch them beforehand. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe, maybe as fun of an idea of doing the random draw um, on the show is, maybe we should do it the day before and then watch yeah. said show. I'm good with that. I'm so <laughs> good with that. That's maybe a better idea. Yeah, yeah a, I'm so glad idea. we figured that out 45 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's cool. 
Um, so and, and, next- and, and look, some of those shows that it, doing the random draw would have worked because you know we can go oh hey we picked show number eighty which was this past January which we will, will remember very well <laughs> which you will remember very well I'll need to rewatch it <laughs> I watch way too much Dynamite Weekly to remember what happens on a specific show although I do remember that 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 January first show was phenomenal well no um, our, I, I was referring our last show was um, currently our last show number eighty was uh, New Japan. Uh, pro wrestling new beginning yes. in usa yes i the, loved that show i forgot that came show. after that was a oh ton of my fun. god that show is so good that that's yeah. just fantastic um also, all if right you would have told me that living in florida and i can just drive to tampa and, and jacksonville in the new same japan. month and watch an aew show on january 1st and then a new japan show on january 24th and be like first thing you'd say is what's aew <laughs> yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was that was that was uh, a nice, such a good nice show. January. The so, before times, yeah, the before times exactly. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Uh, match number three on the card is Baron Corbin defeating Ty Dillinger. I have a couple of sentiments. This was when Baron Corbin was like a like a legitimate heel in that nobody liked him, and it wasn't because he was overly pushed and was bad at everything he did and hated life. Now he's overly pushed he's a really bad heel and he's bad at everything at life um <laughs> yeah here they were using him in a in a way where he was just squashing people and oh, not this was the way oh this was the 10 oh this was the counting this is when we did the counting yep. oh this was yeah, exciting but, yeah so this match was only 41 seconds and you know that's how long it took for corbin to pin dillinger it, the match had no real offense from dillinger um corbin pretty i think there was a little chase or a little give and take early but you know corbin ended up hitting the the end of days and that was pretty much it on this one yeah and Um, it was uh the the gimmick was was it the the just the nxt crowd just kind of got wise to the fact that baron corbin was squashing people in like a very short amount of time so they just started counting at the beginning of the match as soon as the bell rang the crowd started counting out loud and you know however long uh, however long it took and he was usually squashing people pretty quickly in these days and and, pe- and, and oddly enough that got over like i knew people oh, in the full yeah. crowd who were like would buy baron corbin shirts because they were like i love this gimmick like i think it's fun like i never got baron corbin like i don't like him now i wasn't crazy about him in nxt so i i never fully got that but like nope. I, this this got over with people people like oh yeah it. Oh yeah, big time, big time. And it, and it, I remembered this. This was a lot of fun. I'm pretty sure that this match is when the the counting started to lose favor because to your point, I think Dillinger got a second or two of offense in. I think this was before the per- the perfect 10. I don't think we had the perfect 10 yet. I think you are right. Yeah, I think that didn't start till a little bit later because in 2014, um Ty Dillinger for the most part was actually still teaming with Angelo Dawkins. Well, not just that, but he was, I mean, we pretty much knew him not necessarily as Ty Dillinger, but as Stan from I Kicked Stan. Yeah, that's that's what most people knew him as at that point. Oh my gosh, that's great. All right, cool. So Baron Corbin wins, and that's fine. The next match is honestly super interesting when you think about NXT. It's not super interesting when you put it in the perspective of WWE, but... This match, uh, Finn Balor and Hideo Tommy defeat Connor and Victor in 11 minutes, 38 seconds. Match gets three and a quarter from Meltzer. Um, what makes this match super interesting is that it's Connor and Victor that get the that get to eat the pen here. Because if you remember correctly, Connor and Victor were a force 
to be reckoned with in NXT. They were oh, yeah. absurd. Yeah, they they were just they squashed the new uh who the too cool. Yeah. Uh Brian Christopher and Scotty Juhati, they uh they squashed them uh at Arrival earlier that year. They were just this dominant tag team. They were the tag team champions for a good chunk of that year until the Lucha Brothers. Oh no, sorry. Lucha Dragons. <laughs> God, that the name's going to mess me up. You know, uh, the Lucha, the Lucha the, Brothers, the Lucha Dragons, um, you know, until they beat them, I want to say a month or so before. So even with that loss, Connor and Victor were among the more unstoppable NXT talents. So weirdly enough to say this sentence in 2020 is insane. Having Finn Balor and Hideo Itami beat Connor and Victor made Finn Balor and Hideo Itami look like big deals. It seriously did. And I think that was, a, I think that was a, a solid booking move. Yeah. Um, I, I At that think... point, Connor and Victor losing didn't hurt them. Either. Not really. You know, no, not like when they were just thrown out there to get demolished by legends in 2015 or 16, whatever it was. Uh, you, you basically as soon as they left NXT and honestly yeah. they, they started to they did start to lose a little bit of their shine before they left NXT um, I believe yeah. they were a WWE call up the was it the night after mania or night after Royal Rumble in 2015 um that kind of sounds right I, I I lose track of the the lesser important call ups <laughs> poor guys um, but yeah, no, this was great. Uh, Balor and Atami. And so did you figure out if this was the debut of the demon or not? This, this was, yeah, this okay. was the first time we'd ever seen the demon and being there live was just like one of those, uh, just, oh shit moments. Cause you're like, I, you, everybody knew that Finn Balor or Prince Devitt was known for his makeup and his, his elaborate ring gear. Um, he, cosplay at, using makeup only for the most mm-hmm. part some some like headdresses and jackets and stuff for entrances but he was like fully painted for a ton of matches like the punisher venom carnage um the joker you it name a character always he's incredible pro- yeah he's, he's he's probably done it and it always looked amazing obviously people were curious if that was something that he could bring to wwe or nxt without worrying about rights issues because obviously you probably couldn't do carnage because disney would get involved or you couldn't do the um most of the characters because marvel or disney owned marvel them. yeah um or you know joker with dc or i'm sure i think he did some video game characters too so like you're gonna run into issues there yep so he kind of created this persona known as the demon which for the longest time only came out at takeovers when he was in nxt it never appeared on tv it was only on takeover and i don't think ever appeared on regular tv until he was on the main roster uh yeah and oh my god i just i i I distinctly remember this entrance this was the very first entrance that i watched that got a holy shit chant and we've been lucky enough that we've you know been present for holy shit chants from entrances alone bobby rude but oh god that was so good (laughs) yeah but but this was the first time I heard a holy shit chant from an entrance, and I think it was incredibly well-deserved. It's the introduction of a great character who is unfortunately not being used at all anymore. Um, no, which I'm okay with because they're they're building him up as like the, the cocky heel, rock and roller kind of character, which you don't need the demon. I could see him dusting off a different variation of that paint and makeup idea oh yeah but, uh, i mean he's that, basically think, uh, bullet club finn right now 
Yeah, which is great. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm totally fine with that. Although he may be turning. Um, I, he, he may be, be turning or on his way to be tweening right now. I, I do think you need some, you do need some good baby faces again in NXT because you are getting a little heel heavy. Well, yeah, and well, and uh, I think they're going to do a double turn with Killian and Keith, um, but I'm not positive about that. I wouldn't um, turn Keith. I think Keith needs to stay for a while. He's your top guy. He's super likable. You need to keep Keith Lee as uh, as a face for a while. I think. I agree. I think the man's way too charismatic to be a heel at this point I mean, in time because he he's so be new. A great heel. He oh, he could be, be a great fantastic heel. heel. But he's so immensely likable, and him being the the NXT champion right now is just so great. Like I, I think you keep keep him face for as long as you possibly have to. Yeah, I and Killian um, Cross is a is a heel, right? Uh, uh, Carrion. Carrion. Killian was Carrion. his indie name. Oh, K- uh, Killian Dane. Yeah. Oh, uh, kill, yeah, that's Killian Dane. <laughs> Carrion. Yeah, kill, Killer Cross was his indie Killer name. Killer Cross. Yeah, Carrion Cross um, is his NXT name. Um, yeah, thought, him and uh, him and Scarlet are heels. I thought I thought he was Killer Croc on the indies. Um, no, that uh, Killer Croc was a uh, is a DC character. As yeah, he's a Batman villain. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So match number five on this card. Um, <laughs> minute 55. Yeah. Match number five on this card is Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. Uh, this, this match gets uh, three and a half for the NXT women's titles from Meltzer. Uh, what goes 12 and a half or 12 minutes, 11 seconds, Charlotte defeating Sasha Banks via natural sele- selection. And, and that, that is a, that is a, a retain for Charlotte. Charlotte yeah, had, won she had won the, it at from takeover Nikaya. back in, in May. Yeah, so she retained against Sasha. And I believe, is this Sasha's uh, heel turn? Um, That is a great question. Yeah, I really think it was the impetus for her heel turn. Um, I can't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure she had the boss gimmick at this point, but she hadn't fully embraced it. She was still figuring it out. Um think that's what happened i can't remember yeah i'm uh i'm going to uh, agree with you <laughs> yeah um it, this was uh, this was right along you know this is where i would say that these early nxt uh championship matches for the women are kind of at where aew is right now where there's a whole lot of potential but they're extremely green sasha is super super green still charlotte is super super green still um i don't think anybody i I don't think anybody disagrees with the sentiment that wwe has the best roster of female talent probably on the in the world um you could probably make an argument for stardom uh or some other joshi but i I think it's not a question in the Western world that WWE has the strongest female roster and it's not even close. And yeah. this was watching the beginning of that develop. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause the, yeah. Uh, the revolution uh, that they talked about started only like six months later or seven months later. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, that was a, that was a comic con, right? Was that comic con or WonderCon? Uh, no, that was, um, that was on Raw uh, in July. No, of no, no. But 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 the actual revolution starts with uh, give divas a chance and the the press con or not the press conference the Q and A that the Bellas did. Um, that was probably at Comic Con. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. It, it, that, that would time out around that same period, I think, too. Right, and then the the you know copyright WWE 2015 Women's Revolution. Yeah, you're right. Starts. 
uh was it it was after mania or after SummerSlam? um no it was just on a random july episode of raw in 2015 that's right that's right that's right that's right and it was amazing yeah that's that, when, uh, that was actually amazing that's when lynch and charlotte showed up and uh they teamed with Paige, and then uh uh sasha banks came up and joined up with naomi and tamina and, yeah, but uh, they all three joined. It was it was it was a Stephanie promo yep. where she introduced the three of them first. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 So great match. Um, love the women's division. They are phenomenal at what they do, and they are real. This was really the the start of watching that division kind of come into its own. I mean, we eventually get some incredible matches when Sasha finally does win the title from Charlotte, and then Sasha defending against uh, Bailey, of course. But then also against Becky Lynch, which mm-hmm. honestly I consider that one to be an underrated match because it was it was at the pay per view before uh, Brooklyn. Uh, is that defense between Sasha and Becky? Uh, yeah, that would have been unstoppable, I believe. Yeah, and it, God, that was an incredible match. But yeah, now we get to the Peace Day Resistance, and I'm going to hand this one over to you, Billy, because I, this can only be told by you who was in the building and who had a much, much stronger emotional connection. It's Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville, uh, 23 minutes, 21 seconds for the NXT championship. It gets four and three quarter stars from Dave Meltzer. Sammy's so close to the five star I will, uh, match I will there. Fight Dave Meltzer for that quarter star. Yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, he, it, <laughs> it, this is a, this is a phenomenal match up and down the card Absolutely. and it, and it's, Real quick before you dive into it, huge props to Neville for this match because he was playing tweener. He was actually throughout this whole run was a baby face. He was a face slash tweener. They never fully turned Neville heel. And for him to keep the heat up while maintaining that positioning, um, I thought was was really strong on his part. But go ahead and take it away. Yeah, this guy, this this match is is some of the it's the culmination of some of my favorite storytelling that WWE or NXT have done in a very very long time. I I mentioned when we started the episode today. I I've always loved wrestling since I was a kid. I've watched it for most of my life. But when I you know when I got into my my early to mid twenties, I didn't watch it as religiously as I did when I was a kid. I you know I'd watch a little bit here and there, and if like a big event came to New York, like I'd go. So we went to um survivor series 2011 the rock came back so we did that and then i moved to florida shortly after that and then i was like oh hey miami is gonna be the host for wrestlemania and the rock first scene is the main event i'll go to that and i wasn't watching it weekly or keeping huge tabs on it i just knew like wrestlemania is a good time i'd been to one before you know i i, I can't i'm only three hours away from miami i would love to go to another one so drove down for that um, and then I watched a little bit here and there over that year, I'd maybe go to friends' houses for pay-per-views, but I wasn't watching it weekly because, you know, I was, I was working tons of hours and, and trying to keep track of, you know, what day it was and if I could watch wrestling and, and all that fun jazz, it was tough. So I wasn't watching it a weekly or as religiously. So we well, also didn't really have anybody to watch it with either. Right. Like, yeah, if, if I watched it, if I went to somebody's house for the pay-per-view is typically our friend Sebastian. Mm-hmm. So I'd go over there with him to watch it or I'd watch it maybe at home alone or I'd find a website online that was streaming it. But otherwise, I, like, I wasn't going out of my way too much to watch it. Um, and same thing like the next the following year with 2013. I watched the Rumble at Sebastian's house and then I really didn't keep tabs on it until 
uh, Mania, but I, I went home to New York for Mania because it was up in Jersey. And the main event, again, was uh, Cena versus Rock 2 for the title. At this point, I was slightly more invested because CM Punk is always going to be one of my favorite wrestlers. And mm-hmm. that was Punk versus The Undertaker at Mania, which is such oh, a great match. Yeah. Um, so I was very happy to be there for that. Um, went to that with my buddy Stolas. But it wasn't until early 2014 that I really, really fell in love with wrestling again. Like I, part of it was I'd been playing WWE 2K14 a ton. Like they had an amazing story mode in that one for, uh, it was like the 30 years of WrestleMania where you were playing a key match in every WrestleMania's history. It was such an amazing story mode. I absolutely loved it. So that got me somewhat back into wrestling trying to keep an eye on how the main stories were going. But then in February of 2014, the WWE unveiled the the WWE Network. And with that, I was I, – I hate admitting it because it's so stupid. I actually called out of work the day the network launched um, so I could watch uh, just – not stupid. That's glorious. <laughs> like uh, that's a that, – that there, there should be like one or two days a year where you get you know you do you go you go the full monty for me it's whenever there's a new destiny expansion yeah i've done it i've done it uh i didn't i don't think i did it last year um but i did it the and i didn't do it in 2017 but with the exception of those two years so 15 16 and 18 uh call out of work um (laughs) you know whenever the servers launches when you actually um start playing so for like 2016 it was or yeah for 20 no it was 2015 in 2015 that was a uh, 6 a.m um uh that that would be you know that's a that's a i don't care what i'm eating today i don't care what kind of diet i'm on that's i'm gonna eat mcdonald's twice in one day and i'm gonna be up for at least 20 consecutive hours like there's nothing wrong with I'm going to spend the whole day binging on food and in watching the WWE network the day it comes out. And not to mention like Vince doesn't do stuff right anymore ever uh, at all much anything. <laughs> um, but that intro where he, he get, he talks about the network and the, the, and he introduces the then now forever tagline. Oh yeah. I mean, come on. That's, that's fantastic. Absolutely. And like, and, and, and similarly to what you were talking about with your destiny days, I'm pretty sure I drove up to the McDonald's right up the road from my apartment and grabbed a, grabbed some food, came back. And I just spent that whole day watching some of the originals they had up. They put up like documentaries about certain moments in WWE history. They had all the WrestleManias. They had tons of classic Raws and Smackdowns and Nitros and things. So I was like, all right, I'm th- this is my whole day. I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to watch. I think I went back and I watched like WrestleMania 3 and like the Royal Rumble 97. And I just, that's all I did that whole day. And then I, I want to say that was February 24th or 23rd of 2014. So a couple of days Very later- close was their first ever live show on the network. And that was NXT take, um, sorry, NXT arrival. Um, which looking back is hilarious. The main event of that show was, uh, Adrian Neville versus Bo Dallas in a ladder match for the NXT, NXT championship in which Adrian Neville defeats champion Bo Dallas. Oof. Um, to kickstart a a great title run for Neville, but also a great series of champions for NXT. And a 
fall massive fall for great from grace for uh for Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas. I mean, yeah. Like I mean my god, the dude dude's name was Bo Dallas. On what planet is that name going to get over? Yeah. And and the thing is like if you give him the right the right name and the right look and the right opportunity, he can be great. He's he's a rotunda. For he, sure. He's he's IRS's son. He's Bray Wyatt's brother. Clearly there's talent in that family. He can do it. It's just you give him a name like Bo Dallas and you write stupid bits for him to be in, he's not going to be taken seriously. Oof. But all that to say, I spent the whole day watching the network. A few days later, they did the first NXT arrival show. And on that show was a two out of three falls match between Sami Zayn and Cesaro. And I completely fell in love with Sami Zayn that day. He was instantly one of my favorite wrestlers. He did a DD, a flying like DDT through the, the bottom uh, turnbuckle area. Mm-hmm. And it like he dives through it, he latches on to Cesaro and he does like a tornado DDT. It's just a, it's such a beautiful move. And, and I, yeah, and he's done it quite a few times since then, but that oh, first yeah. time he did it may have been the best time. It was so good. And I was just instantly in love with like, this guy is fantastic. So and, and, and you relate to him. He because he ended up not winning that match. Um, I believe he got one pin on Cesaro, but Cesaro won two to one. So I think you're right, yeah. You know, it earned the respect of everybody in that match. Like Zayn looked like a star, and you just you wanted a good run or a good thing or a good story to happen for him. So from there, they started building up like the the what ended up kind of becoming his his tagline or his motto: the the underdog from the underground. He was always the underdog, and they had him in these title chases and and uh, number one contender matches, and he would always come up short for some reason. Somebody cheated, or he he or he got bested, whatever it was. So they it's finally ska. get him. You in forgot a, the ska. Yes, Don't forget big, the ska. Big ska guy. Big ska guy. Um, so you get him finally in this opportunity after uh, nine, ten months of build, really, since that first takeover, uh, that first uh, live special. Uh, now you're at Takeover Our Evolution. He's against Neville, and there's this huge build, and there's emotion and a beautiful story. So when you have this match finally happen, it's it's this magical thing that it's one thing just to see the story happen at all, but to have been there was amazing. And when I got to the venue that night, uh, NXT's merch was always in like a trailer outside the venue. It was like one of those uh, trailers like that you would see at concerts or like NASCAR where they, they lift the the banner or the, uh, the the awning out front of the trailer and there's all merch yeah. inside there's like a mobile merch booth pretty much so they always sold their merch out of there well and walk up to the venue that night they had uh, the first ever nxt replica belts they hadn't sold any replica belts before they had them for that show and i walked up and i saw they had the they had the nxt championship the women's championship and the tag team championship and for the nxt championship they only had one left and i was like hey um you know, are there any left in stock? He's like, yeah, we have one. Um, somebody else was talking to me about it, so they may come back to buy it. So if you want to buy it, I would do it now. And I was like, all right. So it's like, let's screw it, let's do it. So I give him, uh, I give him my card. He swipes. He goes, yeah, I got declined. I'm like, no. I'm like, I know I have money in my account. Like I, I'm looking at my app right now. Like the money is there. I was like, hold on. Let me get this figured out. Can you give me like a five minute hold? He goes, I can do that. So I race off to the side and I take out my phone to call Chase, my bank, to be like, yes. hey, what's happening? 
And as I take my phone out, they called me like, hey, we just saw that uh, that a charge was attempted um, for a high amount in uh, Stanford, Connecticut. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I am in Orlando, Florida, but it is, I'm trying to buy something from a WWE show. Their headquarters is in Stanford. That's why I approve it. Please push it through. They said, okay, we can't approve that one because it's already been declined, but go back. We've approved that vendor. So go try it again. I said, all right. That, that is the single most terrifying thing too, because when you get those calls, which I mean, God bless them for doing it, right? Like yeah. you, you totally understand why they do it. You appreciate them for why you do it, right? But when you, you never understand how to handle those situations because they, it's never worded correctly where it's like, hey, do you approve this charge? I was like, yeah, yeah, I approve this charge, but you already declined it. So if I say that I approve the charge, does that mean that you're charging me twice? I'm very confused. Yeah. I had to do that recently um, and I got I got dinged and they were like, hey, did you try to make this charge? I was like, yes, put it through, put it through, put it through. <laughs> and they were like, uh, OK, we put it through. And I was like, no, no, you didn't put it through. You didn't put it through. Please don't tell me you put it through. I don't I don't, I don't need two of these. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that actually just happened to me, too. I was trying to buy the Iron Bob uh, Funko Pop. From oh, really? Jay and Silent Bob reboot from, and there was, it was only through FYE. And I tried to do it, and like I verified my card number was right and everything was accurate. And I tried it, and it was like declined. I'm like, all right, let me, uh, it's my, maybe the, the address is wrong. So I checked the address, I'm like, no, everything's fine. Try it again, declined. And I never got a notification from the bank either. And I'm like, oh, so I try another payment method, and then it works fine. I was like, weird. But then I go look at that other thing, and there's like four authorizations. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, no. <laughs> Luckily, they've all fallen off. Like they were just pending. I, I guess they the pending went through, but they were still declined by the bank, which is fine. I'm glad that happened. I got, I got it. It shipped all good. But I, like, I was going to say, otherwise, we are all getting presents from Billy this Christmas. <laughs> no, and we all know exactly what they are. <laughs> Luckily, they've only shipped me one and charged me for one. So that's that's good. But so I get I race back over to the merch booth. And I'm like, hey, do you, I'm like out of breath at this point. I was only like 30 feet away on the phone. I'm like, hey, <laughs> do, you, do you, the belt, can I have it? And he's like, yeah, we still have it on hold. Don't worry. And uh, give the guy the card. He goes, it's going to work. I said, it's going to work. So he swipes it and I see the, the, the receipt print out. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay. So he's like, all right, all good. Just sign. I signed it. Give it to him. And then uh, as I'm walking away, I hear him say he's like no he just sold the last one i'm like Whew, close call damn so it was like a photo finish on the on the plus side like you ever get that imposter syndrome whenever you make a purchase over a hundred dollars where you're like you're like you you scan it and you swipe it and you know the money's there or you know it's a credit card so it'll go through and you know you've got plenty of credit limit and you just look at that and you're just kind of you look at that pending authorization bit and you're just kind of like Will they find out? <laughs> I wonder. No. And it's like, there's no reason for you to even have that thought. I, I frequently have that thought. I bought I bought a keyboard last night, and that keyboard was slightly over a hundred dollars. And I thought to myself, "Shit, I wonder if they're gonna know. This is not good." <laughs> First, I woke up this morning and I very happily told my fiance that I bought a new keyboard and she just goes, what's wrong with your current one? So yeah. everything's fine, really. That's yeah. <laughs> everything's well, moral of that story is everything's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just how that goes now. Yeah. Um, so I told that belt story because um, it ties into the story of this match. Obviously, Sammy 
it, you know, this chase for him is such a big story and it's such a well-told story. If you, if you have the chance and you have the network or you have a way to watch it, try to watch, maybe even if you look it up on YouTube, like I'm sure somebody's cut together this story in a condensed version. If you can watch the story of Sammy chasing the NXT championship, it's such a wonderful, wonder, uh, wonderfully told story. So this match is just incredible start to finish. Like you, it's a, these two are, have chemistry, like nobody's business. Like they work so incredibly well together and, and they hint on the, this, this gray area for Sami Zayn, where, you know, as we talked about, he's this perpetual baby face. He's so good and he, he follows the rules and he can't be swayed. And there's a moment where the ref is either distracted or knocked out and he has an opportunity to hit Neville with the belt. And, the crowd is just losing their mind, ch chanting no, trying to get him not to do it. And he ends up not doing it. And and you're like, I'm so happy he didn't do it. But I'm just like, what What if that was it? What if you just lost the match? Like, what if? Yeah, now, now yeah, if that, how is he going to get screwed now? Yeah. And so we're, you know, the whole crowd is on like pins and needles because everyone is so pro Sammy. Like, these are 400. Sami Zayn fans every I mean and, and everyone likes Neville too like as you said Neville wasn't a pure face but for this he was the bad guy yeah yeah he did it like I said he did a great job in this match and absolutely. the weird thing is is 400 people cheering for Sami Zayn there were only 200 in the building <laughs> we were very loud um we just losing our minds and Sammy Sammy does get the win finally he hits the haluva kick and he gets the pin and the place just comes unglued. I have my replica belt. Sammy now has his real belt. There's a moment where during his celebration, he's on the top rope. He holds his up and I'm holding mine up and we lock eyes for a second. And, and then you kiss. <laughs> we're far enough away where that can't happen. Um, but, but you would have kissed him. I, 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 uh, uh, uh maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> um but he he looks at me and he slaps his belt he goes this one's mine and i'm like ah i'm losing my mind i'm like waving my belt in the air like i just won the match mind you i, I am that a recently turned 28 year old man <laughs> just it's a, yeah waving the best waving what is essentially a nice I collectible toy yeah i was gonna say it's a 28 year old man waving my giant toy in the air <laughs> It's like it's like when I was uh, ten years old at the the Yankees World Series parade, waving my baseball in the air, like ah, we did it! Like I didn't do anything. Like I <laughs> didn't do anything. You just watched. I'm, I'm an idiot. He watched it at my, my at my dad's house, and now I'm at a parade at nine in the morning on a Wednesday. <laughs> um, God, I've so always like, wanted to do that. Thing. I've always wanted to go to a parade hey, at nine a.m. <laughs> I've been to, I've been to two. And they were very different experiences. One was when the Yankees won in 96 and my grandmother took me. And one was when the Yankees won in 2009 and I went with my friends and started drinking at seven in the morning. <laughs> so they were starkly different experiences. But both wonderful in their own right, I'm sure. Absolutely. You really haven't lived until you've walked into an Applebee's or Fridays <laughs> uh, in the Wall Street <laughs> district on 7 a.m. on a Friday morning. <laughs> And you just start getting wrecked just, with your friends. And then you go watch a parade. <laughs> like it, the only other day that's acceptable is St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and even like, then, 7 a.m. is a little early. But on like the day where your where sports team wins award or wins a wins award and has a has parade, that's 7 a.m. drinking like 
like like there are those people who are like oh yes i watch premier league soccer and i'll go to the bar at 7 a.m to watch it no screw you if i'm gonna get wasted at 7 a.m it's because my team just won a won a uh, major championship and and of course like the parade's not even good right you're just waiting for the one toyota tundra to drive by with your favorite player in it that you can be like oh you did it you did it that one time and then continue drinking like oh, oh yeah yeah we're, we're we're there mainly to drink in a large gathering of people that all wear the same hat and, <laughs> and are getting rained on with shredded paper from people in office buildings above us like that's the only reason we're there and there's and there's everything wonderful about that oh it's amazing like I, and i'm so glad i got to do it twice in very very different circumstances it's, it's, yeah it's, it's definitely one of those things like as you move like I like I don't see like you would would you fly you you wouldn't fly back up to do it would you? Um, if all of my friends back home were, I might. That would be um, cool. But I mean, granted, because it's also it's been a long time. Like when they won in '09, that was their first win since 2001. I think. Oh man! Oh, um, a whole eight years. So, so now, now it's been 11 years. So it's 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 been it's been a long run. So yeah, if they oh, if they want to get baby, I'd, I'd probably try to go home. You poor poor baby. <laughs> Anyway, back to Sammy Zane. <laughs> so Sammy wins. You know, we have our little belt moment. I still have the belt. That's one replica I won't get rid of. Like I had some other ones that I can probably get rid of at some point, but that's one I'll always keep because there, there's a memory attached to it. It's not just one I bought, you know, to have. Um, about that in your your tag team championships. Yeah, that one's still here, and 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 the Jericho one. I have a, I have the U.S. title signed by Jericho. Oh, that's a good call. Um, shit. I also have the the WWE title with the Owens plates on it. And that was, I had that belt with me when I met Owens. So I, I can't get rid of any of them. It's yeah. Fine. I was going to say, you can't really, you really can't get rid of it. I mean, didn't you know? Cause you have the, the U S title signed. Yeah. The NXT title is yeah. from that moment. Yeah. No, you really can't get rid of any of them. Yeah, that's true. I, what's the one belt that you still want? Like the, like, uh, like I know that we've talked a, a little bit about it. It's the AEW title. The new NXT title is obviously very gorgeous. The IWGP intercontinental or the, just the heavyweight ones. What's the one title that you're like, Ooh, I need that. Um, it's, it's probably, it's probably the AEW and the IWGP heavyweight. Like I, I desperately want both of those. Yeah. Um, I, I think for I, me, I, it's I the IWGP, have... but Yeah. I don't have the Intercontinental, um, the old one, like the original. Um, uh, the the white stripe, um, or even the black. Both of those are gorgeous. Um, okay. I, I love that belt. Um, but yeah, I think if I ever got another one, it would it would be uh, AEW, and I'm pro- I'm probably gonna hold out until they they start making their own legit replicas because like apparently there are some models out there for it that people are making them off of and. They, they're not all accurate, so I'm sure they're going to come down the pike eventually. So I'm just going to wait. You don't want that TNT title? I will see what happens after August 12th when they <laughs> reveal the the official one. But for now, I'm good. They've announced it that the, that's that'll be the uh, official reveal. Yeah, somebody I think it was Cody or somebody said August 12th they're going to reveal the uh, the finished belt. Good for them. Finally. Anyway, Sammy Zane. Sammy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> um. So big big moment and it's such a nice heartwarming moment too because the whole locker room comes out and everyone's celebrating in the ring with them sammy's on their shoulders everyone's having a great time and then kevin owens comes out and he is he's in the ring and him and sammy hug and it's this beautiful moment and in the building we didn't hear any of this all night but at home 
it was drilled into your heads via commentary that they are best friends. They've mm-hmm. known each other forever. They are the best of friends. They love each other. And they entered this business together and they were, yeah. they, they are from different mothers, but somehow their fetuses were also attached. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they really, really drove that point home. So it was just a beautiful moment. And then, you know, it crosses your mind. You're like, no, nah, he wouldn't, they wouldn't have Owens turn on him already. Like that's, that's gotta be later on. Let yeah, Samuel have his moment tonight and it'll be fine. So then the ring starts to clear out and, and, Owens Owens goes to leave and he comes back and I forget why he comes back but him and him, I think at this point everyone else has left it's just him and Sammy and they're walking up the ramp and they're halfway up the ramp and it's like he's got his arm around him yeah and it's like you know this is the picture you would see like photos taken right before disaster yeah was and this the first time they had the logo too I think so yeah, so so for those who don't know, the NXT uh, the whenever WWE ends a pay per view, they always have the logo, and it's the 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 copyright logo from the event saying this year copyright WWE World Wrestling Entertainment blah blah legalese. But yeah. um, th- I think this show was the very first time where you saw the logo, and normally the logo precedes the fade to black, right? So yeah. so it was pretty much understood forever in a day that like. If you see the logo, the show's done. There's no more storytelling. It's thank you for watching. Have a great night. And I think this show was the first time where you saw the logo and you're like, all right, show's over. Great job, everybody. And then shit goes down. Yeah. Then uh, Kevin uh, slams Sammy back onto the the ramp uh, and then throws him down towards the ring and gives him a uh, apron pop-up powerbomb directly onto the 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 well-documented hardest part of the ring yeah it, it god that oof it was brutal that yeah. that destruction was brutal it didn't really make sammy look weak either because he had just oh, finished no. 23 minutes with neville but like it was the squashiest of squ- like put it this way kevin was in a squash match on the first match of the card earlier in the night like two and, hours ago yeah and this beatdown was squashier. Like it was unmitigated destruction. Yeah. And, 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 and this was almost something like if you look at it from a, from a, uh, from a storytelling point of view, this is something that almost sells them uh, being best friends because the way this bump was handled, you're, you're only letting a close friend or someone you trust immensely give you a bump like that. <laughs> It was effectively a, it was effectively a, it was like a, it was like a, it was like a, a zigzag because he, he's got his arm around him and then he pretty much throws him down from the collarbone and yeah. they're, they're at the corner of the, the padded floor and the start of the st- st- aluminum stainless steel, whatever it is, ramp, right? Yeah. And so they're, they're, they're taking like one foot onto the ramp and you can see Kevin kind of clutches in. And pulls back on Sammy's collarbone. And just from the way the angle was, like, you know he took the bump right on the back of his head. It looked absolutely brutal. And then he follows it up with the apron power bomb. Oh, it was it was brutal the whole way through. But it, you instantly do two things. You there's your new feud, there's your first challenger, and yep. then and then Owens is suddenly an even bigger deal than he was two hours ago. Oh yeah. And so then, let me ask you. And then Go just ahead. The, the very last shot of this show is 
It's of Owens standing in front of the R Evolution logo on the Tron, and his head, I believe, is blocking out the E in Revolution. Yeah. And it's really, really well done. It was such a great yeah. shot. I I remember that shot. Uh, that was a really that was extremely good cinematography. Non Kevin yes. Dunn WWE is actually shot surprisingly well. Um, There's a lot of wrestling that's not shot by him that's done really well. Take any yeah. of the um, the Osprey Abushi matches. Oh. <laughs> oh. sorry, sorry. I, was, I, I just I, I I need new pants. Um, no, but yeah, no, that was an incredible moment. Let me ask you this because there was a lot of talk earlier in the year after uh, the Tokyo Dome show about Naito. So Naito has a not dissimilar but in no way similar to Sami Zayn's story right where he has the super long chase and he finally wins it crowds in tears everybody's super happy for him very similar to this moment and they follow it up with Naito doesn't even get to finish his night because he gets attacked by Hideo Itami uh you know or the former the former Hideo Itami now Kenta um at the end of this the the Tokyo Dome show night two uh, that's not too dissimilar. Do you have issue with Kevin Owens attacking and not giving Sammy his uh his, his night, as it were? Like there, there's no time to celebrate. You can't I, take it in. I don't because kayfabe wise, you do get that moment of him celebrating in the ring and everyone's lifting him up and the whole crowd is going nuts and I'm there waving my belt around like I'm Seth Rollins <laughs> and it's a great time for everybody. <laughs> Smacking um, small children with the with the helicopter belt. Sebastian and Kim and Alfred are like, dude, stop! Ow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's I I, I like that they did that. Um, I don't mind them using Owens for that moment after because it's also it's like uh, it's like an MCU ending. You get your your happy ending where all right, cool, it's fixed, and then post credits and oh hey, no Thanos is here, we're screwed. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I didn't mind that. I thought it was a good way to to continue that story, especially because it was only a two month to the day build for the next takeover. That's true. I think my biggest issue with the, I think the other, well, let me rephrase that. I think I didn't mind that in the Owen Zane case. I minded it a little bit more in the Naito Kenta case because with Naito and Kenta, they didn't have that kind of, it wasn't really personal. It was just like kind of, it felt a little bit more mechanical and formulaic where it was like, oh, here's the next challenger. But like there was well, no, like there was no joy to it. Well, we're learning now that everything about Naito winning the double gold championship uh, at the Wrestle Kingdom, every single thing about it has been cursed. Absolutely. And even down to uh, he was from what we understand, he was going to lose it to evil, most likely at Dominion. Um, He probably wasn't going to lose it at the new Japan Cup final. Um, He was probably going to get one or two more defenses, but the the evil is now double gold dash champion is uh was still the plan so good on ghetto for sticking to it but i agree with the the argument that that's kind of like an apples and oranges comparison i just wanted your take on it but i i agree with you that having owens attack zane after that i think was pretty damn solid storytelling i think the only bad part about it is that you don't get sent home happy like what is that as that's happening um in the arena what's going through your head what's your drive home like um i'm you know more than anything like you know i from a from a storytelling as a fan perspective 
I'm I'm very happy because you're you're instantly building up this this great feud that we know has an amazing history together. But as a as a fan, just watching the events happen in real time, um, obviously it's shocking, and and obviously you're not meant to go home happy from that. Um, I didn't have a problem with it though. Like the drive home, I was more excited to see what they did next and um, what what the next taping looks like, and then what you know what do you do at the next takeover? Like what happens there? I remember being so excited for that next takeover and you and I went mm-hmm. and that was a 15 minute long squash match. Uh, yeah, that one was, uh, that one was brutal. That was rough. That was brutal, but, but, but you know, and, and there's a lot to talk about on that show too. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. So we'll leave it for then. So this was fun. This was yeah. a blasty blast. Yeah. Hopefully uh, we can, we can maybe rein it into under 91 minutes. <laughs> eh, there's nothing There's nothing wrong with that. Eh, we'll do fine. we'll do a little bit more. We'll we'll try to watch the show if it's available. Sometimes we're going to have house shows where it's like, "Hey, this is what we're talking about this week. Let's Yeah. see what we can do because we can't watch, you know, a random Smackdown house show from 2005." Yeah. Uh, which I don't even know if you went to. Uh, my only Smackdown house show is 03. Uh, what about the one that we went to in, uh, in Orlando at Amway? Was that SmackDown? I don't, I thought that was like a, it might've been like no. a road to SummerSlam there, show or something. No, it was they, WWE live. Yeah. There, there, there wasn't a, uh, there was no split or, roster no at that brand point. Split, yeah. Yeah. They were, yeah, um, right, they were right. all just on one show at that point. Cause I was, that was yeah. the last show we'd went to right before the rumble. Cause they announced the rumble, uh, in Orlando at that show. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. That was very so, exciting. When we bought our tickets for the Rumble that night, and we had—I think I bought them sitting in Amway. Yeah, that would not surprise me. That, in <laughs> under no circumstance, would surprise me. That's you all of a sudden no longer caring about the house show and going, "Where can I get the best seat value?" And, and like, it wasn't. It, it also wasn't very everything. far from where we were sitting either. I was like, "All right, we're here. I think look down there. That's where we're going to be." And we're like a section above where we ended up sitting for the rumble. <laughs> yeah, we were in the two hundreds for the for the live show. Yeah, and then we were like one ten, I think, for the rumble. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was super fun. I cannot yeah, wait to great. do this again. Um, I don't know how to end it other than to say, "Time is a squared circle." And <laughs> my name is Chris, and this was NXT Our Evolution. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for anyone who listened, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to do more of these. As you saw in the first part of the episode, we have uh, 79 more of these shows to talk about. Hopefully, then, when, the, when the world resumes normalcy, we can uh, resume uh, adding to this list of shows. Oh, I just uh, I just plan on us becoming Brian and Vinny after this. Like, just once we get done with all 80 shows, just being like, all right, what did we watch this week? Well, cr- well, Chris true. watched a random NJPW house show and Billy watched... 1992 superstars <laughs> yeah that could work and then hope, hopefully by the time we get through 80 shows especially if we're doing one a week uh hopefully by then we've we'll have gone to some shows too <laughs> one can only hope my I, lord the, the, the second the second i feel safe enough to go to a wrestling show again i'm going i'll walk i don't care oh, if if somebody told me that i can sit far away from somebody in daily's place for all out uh i'm driving to jacksonville <laughs> Hundred percent. I can sit. I can sit in the front row of the balcony near nobody and wear a mask. I'm going. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, apparently they have been doing that. Like yeah. that's been that, that. Apparently they have been doing. That. I just don't know how to get on the list. Yeah, Tony Khan, if you're I, listening, we sat next <laughs> together once. <laughs> it's true. We, we sat next to Tony at the uh, New Japan uh, G1 special in USA back in 2017. Uh, 
easily i think it's my favorite show i think it was my favorite show but but we'll get into that at another date so so until next time yeah so yeah you go first i don't know what to say (laughs) so i'll do the outro you did the intro I like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) See, we are figuring this show out as it goes. This is brilliant. Kevin Smith would be so proud. Absolutely. He'd be so happy. And he also be like, what's wrestling? (laughs) 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 Oh, man, it's a great thing ever. (laughs) All right. So that's going to do it for today. Uh, Next week, we'll be back with another show, which we don't know what it is. We will will do a random draw during the week to figure out what it is beforehand and do a little bit of research so this show is not 95 minutes next time. But But you know what? If it is 95 minutes, you'll deal with it and you'll like it because we are good people. (laughs) That's true. And hopefully you enjoy listening to us. That's true, too. But until then, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the very first episode of Time is a Squared Circle uh, for myself and uh, my uh, co-host here, Chris. I am Billy, and uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.